Beautiful. Well, welcome back to the 78 Amp podcast. My name's Sam, for all those listening at home that haven't heard me on the podcast for a while. Maxi is out doing some uh, family business at the moment, but joining me in the back of a car is former Australian Idol, hero, and now uh, a returning, uh, a very familiar and returning face to the music scene, Joel Turner. How's it going? Whoop, whoop. No, it's going good, man. <laughs> It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I, oh, it's great I mean, to be it's here. a little bit embarrassing. It's embarrassing to admit, but I mean, I remember being a, a little tacker seeing you uh, on on Australian Idol, so it's it's a little bit nostalgic having you on. So yeah, absolute pleasure. No, cheers, bro. Um, Joel, the way we like to open up the show is to jump into your your Spotify playlist, your Apple Music playlist, and, and suss out what what you've been listening to lately. Man, like I'm, I'm quite diverse in what I like. Sometimes it could be rock. Sometimes, like I like to put like '90s, 2000 hip hop mixes on, um, and sometimes I like to listen to dope guitarists. So, um, you know, because I play guitar myself and played the guitar on all my albums and stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, man, I put on anything from Tommy Emmanuel to um, some like old school West Coast. Um, so uh, lately, I've been when I get the chance, I'll put some like. I'm in a guitar zone at the moment, so I'll put some Tommy Emmanuel on. And I heard this new guy, um, Tim Henderson, um, he's insane. It's like dubstep on the guitars, you know, um, from he... Poly... Polyphia. Polyphia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, have you been into Polyphia? Because they're, they're doing some crazy things right now. Yeah, nah, man. Um, I heard him. I was like, man, this guy's dope. Um, you know, and um, also um, Pat Metheny and George Benson for jazz. Um yeah, man, I, I like a range of different stuff. And, yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, I even put on this random track that I remember being dope, um, run from a, a band called She Had from New Zealand, um, up or Pacifier. They changed their name to Pacifier. Um, yeah, that's a dope track. So, so I, I listen to really random stuff. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, man. I mean, from, from your playlist and your YouTube stuff, on to you. I mean, you're back on the scene with the track Mullet with Macca the Rapper and it's, it's an ode to the haircut of the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I myself work at a footy club and they're, they're absolutely everywhere. But I'm assuming that the uh, the Joel Barber, uh, sorry, the Joel Turner Barber shop is only going to have one option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and myself, um, you know, Macca the Rapper is the one r- r- um, cranking the mullet. Um, but in the, um, have you, have you seen the film clip? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the over the top eccentric barber. And that was actually inspired by, um, this one time years ago, I went to a barber, sh- I went to a hairdresser in Sydney. I couldn't find any barbers and we were on the road doing some shows and I saw like this, like high class hairdresser and I'm like, Oh man, I've got to get a haircut. You know, we've got this interview and stuff to do. So I picked this hairdresser and I went in there and the guy was this really over the top eccentric English dude that was like, yo, I'm just going to put some chops and then we're going to start chopping into your, oh, and if we just, and he like started like massaging my head with like the towel and all this stuff. And he was just like way over the top and he's like, I'm going to put a little bit, bit of highlights and all this and started like chopping in from all these different angles. So when I did that barber, that, that was, that's always been in my head, that funny time when I had that over the, he was the most eccentric barber I've ever had. And um, so I kind of put that into that character where I'm sizing Macker up going and then like, you know, chopping into his hair and stuff. Um, so that, yeah. was the, that was the inspiration for that character in the film clip, yeah. Did he give you a good haircut at least? Oh, it was an amazing haircut, yeah. 
<laughs> like all I wanted well, was a short. All I asked for was a short back and sides, and he started doing all this extra stuff, and then putting all this stuff in my hair, and and then the hot towel and all that. I was, I was like, yeah, I didn't ask for none of this, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, he set a standard that no one else can meet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it has been a hot minute since we've had new material from you, so I guess my question is, you know, why was it this track that you wanted to, you know, bring it back? Well, between me and the team, um, we, we had another track that I actually wanted to bring out first, but the, we kind of ended up with this track because we thought it would be good to come back with something um, a bit more lighthearted first, just to, mm. because, you know, you know, the country and the world really has been through COVID and it's been all serious and, you know, on the news, it's all been hectic, like virus and war and all this crap. And we thought, man, you know, it would be good to bring some comedy back. And have something a bit lighthearted, you know, um, as well, you know, especially after, because I was gigging up until April of, of 2020, uh, 2021, and then all my gigs got cancelled because of COVID. Um, and then I only yeah. started gigging again sort of February, March this year. So um, it was, yeah, we thought, you know, and now is the right time to bring this track out because like lots of people were, um, rocking mullets from like kids to celebrities, um, football players and different athletes and stuff. Even the guy that ran for Australia, the fast runner at the Olympics, he was rocking a cranking mullet. So, and one time I actually went to the shops a few months back and I noticed like a, um, a dad, he had his mullet, the little like three-year-old on the scooter had a mullet. It was like a family of mullets, you know? And I was like, <laughs> oh man, it, it was like dad, smaller child, 10-year-old. Even the five-year-old and the three-year-old had mullets. So we thought, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those. And we've been noticing like um, heaps of the younger crowd too, like your sort of SA crowds and different mm. different groups and that. Like we're like, man, where are all these mullets coming from? It's like it's made a comeback, you know. So we kind of wrote the track as like a mullet anthem. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, thought, yeah, now now's the right time to bring out a track like this. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think it was. And I mean, it's interesting that you bring up that you wanted to make it lighthearted because my next question, it did come sort of around the topic of, you know, these kids, which was a, a very, it was a sort of a heavy track lyrically and spoke a lot about the social commentary of, uh, I believe it was youth homelessness, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so was there, I mean, is this second track that you've got in the bank, is that sort of touching on that more serious side of social commentary? Yeah, like we, we kind of tackled that with um, these kids in terms of like the social commentary, but the, the next track that and other tracks that we're, we're going to bring out more of the stuff that people know us for, like the life tracks. We can do party tracks as well, but we find that our fans really resonate with the real life stuff that's from the heart, yeah. you know. So um, my next track is more of a kind of personal, um, it, it's about like, and, and it speaks for everyone. It, it's a, it's about what people go through with personal change and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a really kind of heartfelt track. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So that it, it's not like every track's going to be full blown comedy. Um, this was this, mm. we thought, no, nah, this track's cool to bring out now, but yeah, we've definitely got more stuff in the bag lined up and um, I'm going to be getting back into the, we've, we've got a next track lined up. And I'm also going to be getting back in the studio as well. Um, I've, I've got like albums worth of material, you know, <laughs> just waiting to go. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Well, I mean, 
I touched on it earlier, but for some of our younger listeners tuning into the podcast that may not know just how big a deal you were in the day on Australian Idol and more famously how you brought sort of beatboxing to the to the national stage, can you give us a bit of insight into to what it was like at its peak and, and when it felt like it was, um, you know, Australian yeah. Idol and these reality shows yeah, making no, well, careers it, for it, artists? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was crazy. Like, regardless of Idol, we were already doing music anyway. But Idol getting seen in front of 4.4 million people at the um, Opera House was a big deal at that time, especially when the internet wasn't as big as it is now. Um, so yeah. the, the model was different for artists. It was kind of TV and radio. Now it's TV, radio and social media. It's, it's a different mm. time. Um, but... Yeah, man, no, it was it was crazy going from, like, I was known locally as a beatboxer and I already had people that wanted to sign me. But as soon as I did that TV appearance, it was just like, poof, I was getting phone calls all the time. Um, it was just like, it was hectic. It was just busy, 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 you know, interviews almost every day, um, performances, even doing voiceovers. I did like that, just say the word for, for Optus and stuff. Um, yeah, sick. Yeah, did like the voiceovers one year for the whole um, Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, and then our song went number one. These kids, so that was surreal. And then in that same year, I went and won the World Beatbox Championship. I was the first World Beatbox Champion in Germany. Um, I and that that was um, insane. And I, after that, you know, Kyle Sanderlands um, from the Kyle and Jackie I show interviewed me and was giving me good props and very supportive and. Yeah, it was a hectic time, man. Uh, we we did, um, you know, different TV shows and kids' TV shows and the morning shows and all that. Like, yeah. Um, and my face was on four point uh, four million Weetbix boxes, and they were like, "Get the Joel Turner prize pack and stuff like that." <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, so it was like the Breakfast of Champions, you know. Like, so <laughs> it was a cool time, and um, yeah. Um, no, I'm just an old man sitting here in my walking stick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I still got it. And um, yeah, no, still still playing music and trying to develop myself as an artist. And I, I'm just happy to um, have some new music out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, just from that little short uh, package you gave me there, the beatboxing is still a, a big sort of uh, part of your your, you know, musicality. And I've sort of stumbled across it accidentally through YouTube recommendations and, and whatnot. And the, the world of beatboxing, for those that don't know, is it's absolutely massive now. They're, playing, they're performing to crowds of, you know, tens of thousands. So how have you seen its development since you started and won the world championship to now? Yeah, well, I mean, um, a lot of the, like I went to Malaysia to judge the beatbox comp and di- um, also did... Um, the uh, Australian beatbox champs here as a judge and stuff like that. And people were telling me that they started beatboxing when they saw like dudes that are in the championships now said that they started beatboxing when they saw me. And that, that, um, that was a, like a real honor to hear that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so it, it, you know, I'm, I'm just honored to be a part of that and to give something back to the youth, you know, that, um, could be something positive for them. Um, but, you know, I've, I've noticed um, it, it's more like accepted now. Like back then you only had a few. There were a couple of like old school guys known from the States and, you know, people knew of Michael Winslow doing sound effects, but it wasn't as big. It wasn't mainstream like it is now. 
And then after I went on and beatboxed, I noticed McDonald's started using beatboxes in their ads and even like, I just noticed more beatboxing popping up in the mainstream. Um, mm. So, and you know, now the, the battles have really, um, in terms of the battle scene has really taken off and it's, it's spread out to more countries and, um, and now, now that the internet is what it is too, that that's really helped as well. Like when we came out, actually YouTube really started kicking off in 2007. Um, and I, I did stuff before that and then a bit after, but, um, now thanks to, you know, YouTube as well. Um, there's a, there's a lot more mm. chance for people to get their artistry out there. So it's, it's just, it's just skyrocketed and taken off, you know? Uh, have there been any artists that you've watched recently where you hear sort of the the incredible things they're doing and you just think to yourself, yep, I definitely cannot do that? Uh, to be honest, no. Like, um, like because I've been doing it for so long, I can hear what people are doing and stuff. Um, yeah. But it's just a matter of, I, I suppose for me now that I'm older, like I, before my manager passed away in 2017, I, I asked him about it, you know, and I, I said, oh, you know, um, you know, should I keep battling and stuff like that? And he goes, dude, you know, you were the first, you've been there and done that. And, um, you know, now you're, you're an artist. And if you keep doing that, then all you're going to have to keep doing is that you're going to have to just keep practicing and practicing to keep trying to beat the next generation that's coming up. But in, 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 and it's it's better to give the younger fellas a chance. Like I was eighteen when I won the world championship. Now I'm thirty five, um, and I don't mm. I don't see music as a sport. Like I yeah. see I see music as art. So I I try to get out of like when I was younger. You know I went through that phase of I want to be the best, and I was constantly practicing practicing my like <laughs> trying to be all technical and add as many sounds. Yeah. But now it, it's it's changed for me. It's about writing tracks that people resonate with. Um, like, cause at the end of the day, you can do all the, you can do all the craziest sounds in the world, but if you don't write a good song that people can bop to and remember, no one's going to remember you. Um, yeah. that's the, that's the way I see it. Like, and that's the one thing my manager, um, uh, Clifton White, who, you know, works with De La Soul and Public Enemy and, um, you know, all the big guys, he was telling me, you know, he had been in the industry over 35 years and I, he was a real mentor to me, almost like. Morpheus from the Matrix, you know, um, mm. he he explained to me like, nah, man, it's it's about the tracks. Like, you can get on stage and do all the tricks that you want, but at the end of the day, it's it's about um, the the tracks and the and the grooves and you know stuff that resonates with people. That's really what they're going to remember in fifty yeah. fifty years, uh, you know, twenty years, fifty years, a hundred years time. Um, so I, I suppose my mentality around that's changed. Um, but I mean, there's definitely lots of talent out there and I, I've got respect for the new generation and what they're doing, but I, I don't look at it as a competition anymore. I, I see music yeah. as, um, it, it's not sport. It's, it's artwork. It's, it's, um, it's art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I try not to look at it like. I've had like trolls on the internet, like um, even like when I post TikTok videos and stuff, they'll be like, oh, dude, I'm better than you, you know? And it's just so yeah. like, it's like, that's not what music is about for me. Like, yeah, um, yeah for, for me, it's, a, it's about connecting with people, not, not trying to 
constantly be the best because, you know, there's always going to be some five-year-old child prodigy in China somewhere that will waste all of us, you know? Like, so there, <laughs> yeah. there's no point. Like, yeah, I, I suppose mm. my mentality around music has changed. I'm, you know, I've matured and, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the way I look at it. Before I let you go, um, going into the rest of 2022 and, and the start of 2023, what's it, what's it hold for, for Joel Turner and, and the music going forward? Yeah, like we're, we're bringing this track out. We've got some more tracks lined up. Um, we're going to be making some appearances, TV and stuff like that. Um, man, we're just going to keep chipping away to, you know, um, people can get catch me on my socials, um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, at the Joel Turner, T-H-E-J-O-L-T-U-R-N-E-R, at the Joel Turner on all my socials. Um, we're also on YouTube. Um, check out the Joel Turner mullet there. Um, and also all of our um, previous Joel Turner and the Modern Day Poets material. But yeah, man, um, they can stay up to date with my upcoming gigs. Um, we're going to be booking gigs. We're going to be uh, performing mullet, performing the new tracks coming up. So yeah, man, it's, you know, it's all up from here. Love it. Well, for all those listening at home, make sure you jump on all, any of your favorite streaming services to listen to mullet and, and support Joel Turner however you can. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Peace.
scallop. You rip that shit and just slum it, all right? I don't need no hairdresser, mate. I'm gonna keep my mother forever, mate. It's going nowhere, just like me. All right, back is out. All right, back is out.